Hi, and welcome to episode 274 of No Crying in Baseball, the happy International Signing Day. Please ignore any hint of corruption episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hello, and thank you for bringing these mighty fine Canhattans. Although when you just said International Signing Day, I was like, oh, we could have done an international drink-themed episode. But... I think the the domestic Manhattan is a huge winner. This is yeah. so good. Yeah, thank you, Tenth Ward, our favorite local distillery, for in, you know increasing the very classy cocktails in can form. Now we have the very manly Manhattan, which is a, a, a Malbert family favorite, and by Malbert family, I mean me. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's got to be a few others in the family. Yeah, well, actually, so my, my parents used to have a, like one Manhattan each every Sunday afternoon, and then I <laughs> and would get in the same cocktail glass same kind of glass I would get a coke a coca-cola with a cherry in it so they taught me happy hour yeah so nice. Manhattan is how I learned happy hour so now I'm even happier to find Manhattan's in a can from 10th Ward it's very good and they have a very good strategy of letting you sample yes as, you know I can't not buy something from there after I've had some samples I sampled two things and I bought three things <laughs> but one was already a given one was something that I already knew how delicious it was right. yes yeah, so I did not require that Oh my gosh, so how the heck are you? Um, I am doing all right, I guess. My toe is getting better slowly. I think I'm almost ready to get out of the boot. Uh, but that I think that's that's pretty much the excitement and that we have no work tomorrow because it's Martin Luther King Day. So everybody do something nice for somebody else. I actually did that with my students the day before the weekend because my immigrant students, a lot of them don't know about Martin Luther King Day. So we did a little bit of a spiel and then my challenge to them was do something nice for somebody on that day. Like even, you know, volunteering, that's great. But even like on a micro level, like make a point to do something nice for someone else. So I like that. It's an achievable I goal. Do. I appreciate yeah. that. So I was going to spend my day um, doing some some volunteer work, finding host families for mm. for Thunderbolts players, which is you know it's a volunteer thing. It's good for some people. It may not be the sort of Martin Luther King quality action. So I'll also try to be nice to individual humans. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's a pretty cool thing, you know. It's creating community, and it's sure. a mutually beneficial thing. And sure, power to you. Thank you for helping me with that. I want to add in a happy birthday wish to Red Sox apparently first baseman at this point, Tristan Casas. And I know we have the Red Sox in our very near future for baseball boyfriends. Yeah, sorry about that. Tristan, yeah, <laughs> seeing as though we work our way from the bottom <clears throat> up, uh, but hmm. Tristan Casas might deserve a second look so we'll we'll see right. we'll see i'm not i'm not sure i'm still there's actually several red Sox that i'm considering all right yeah so um yeah i will i will wait for you to pick i know you're going to care more deeply about the red Sox <laughs> pick so you should have shocking you should have everyone shocking you should everyone. have dibs on today's show, we've got the conclusion, we hope, to the Korea Crab Game. We've got boyfriends on the move to new teams. We've got some contracts settled and some arbitration on the way. We've got our new boyfriends for the Twins and for the Cubs. We've got international baseball, not to be confused with International Signing Day, which we also have. And we've got women in baseball. Cheers. All right. We do have a lot of stuff. And Korea Crab 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 game continued. Like I, I don't know how many times I could say that slowly. A little like the fast. first time was kind of hard, even. Yeah, it's it, this Canhattan also goes with the Korea crab game. Oh, we continued. love the alliteration. Yeah. Uh, so enjoying this and Carlos Correa. So the crab game, in case you didn't listen, was I was likening what was happening with Carlos Correa last week to the crabs that hide the baseball under them and scramble up on the big screen 
at Camden Yards, and everybody's got their mix-up-the-stuff thing, but that's the one that we see the most. So it was like, where is Carlos Correa going to pop out? And you actually correctly predicted that he would be back at the Twins. What, what led you to that uh, intuition or feeling? Well, let's see. Um, you know, I thought I, I thought the Mets were going to make it work, but since they didn't make it work in the first couple of days, yeah. I thought, okay, that ship has sailed, and we knew the Twins wanted him back. I find um, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how one of my um, former boyfriends had something to do with all that. So it may have been sort of like a boyfriend intuition thing as yeah. well. Yeah, and actually, my my current boyfriend, the guy that I'm going to talk about later today, lots of Twins news today, um, was also very connected, is very connected, and very excited about having Carlos Correa back. I think that the the best post that I saw on it was our friends Con Los Bases Llenas, and it was in Spanish, and it had it was a video thing with him with the different teams, uh, just, I think it was with the caps or just like talking to people from the teams, but the words underneath were, if the first date doesn't work out and the second date doesn't work out, you might as well go back to your ex. So (laughs) it's perfect. I think they summed it up really well. And the twins kind of got what they wanted in the first place because they had offered him a 10-year, $285 million deal when he took the much larger on years and monies deal with the Giants, 13 years, $350 million, such big numbers, or the 12-year, $315 million thing with the Mets, both of which fell through because of their concerns about his health and whatever happened with his leg. And it seems like they're just waiting for more information, but you can't can't snooze on it. You know, what, what is it? Move your, shuffle your feet, lose your seat. You, you lose your place in line, somebody else is going to scoop in and grab them. So twins have them, and the twin player, six years, uh, $200 million. But it actually is very similar to the, the first offer that they had because there's incentives and shit like that. So it could go up to 10 years and $270 million if it all works out, which is kind of where they started. So the thing that I was wrong about is I didn't think he was going to get a contract longer than five years. Ah, so yeah. um, I will I will Close. admit that. I think that the six is pretty good. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Um, and the fact that there are options for more, yeah. I think, is a super smart way to construct that deal. So my former boyfriend with the twins, Byron Buxton, who I picked way too early, yeah. um, apparently he and Correa are, are, they're not like pals pals, but they were drafted one and two in 2012. Wow. And so they spent some time in the minors together and all of that. So, and apparently had some really important conversations at second base. Wally Buxton like was on second and Correa was like, you know, as the shortstop hanging out near second base where Correa was like saying things like, so how are things in Minnesota? Tell me about playing for the Twins, you know, years ago. Yeah. And so he had been like, they, they had been connecting about that. So he came there with that influence from Houston? And then, yeah. And then they, they played together, you know, okay. obviously last year and they became friends. Their wives are friends. And so they had been on the phone with each other while this whole yeah. crowd game was going on. And apparently Buxton kind of had permission from the front office to um, at least encourage him. Mm-hmm. Like, things are cooked. He couldn't say anything in detail. I don't think details were shared but, with him. Yeah. But he could say, yeah, no, interested, very interested. The twins are, you know, l- cool. look me in the eye. They're very interested. And so so they had that connection all along. And apparently when um, – when Korea called Buxton to tell him the good news, he was inside and he cheered out loud. And then his wife was cheering outside because she just gotten a text from Korea's wife oh, that's adorable. saying the same thing. So, um, yeah. So cheers to that. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Um, nice to see players. Yeah. 
um, being involved to the extent that they can legally be involved to um, making sure that people that are important to their clubhouses yeah. show up in their clubhouses. Yeah, I saw I saw actually a video clip of them hugging in the dugout, which was very sweet. And I also saw that there was a group chat with a lot of the Latino players in mm-hmm. Korea that he stayed in, you know, through the offseason. So I don't think it was as much of an inside thing as what you were uh, talking about with Buxton, but it was that, like, we you, you belong. miss you, you yeah. know, come stay with us. Yeah. So. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So um, speaking of um, being supportive yeah. for other players, um, we're going to send our best wishes out to Liam Hendricks, the um, White Sox closer and three times all-star, who's a 33-year-old player. Um, he announced that he started treatment last Monday for a non-Hodgkin lymphoma. And his his statement was one that we've seen some other players um, use similar um, statements to this. I'm going to read it to you first and we'll talk. It says, as a professional athlete, I've always been mindful to try and use my position in the public eye to the most positive ends possible by shining the light on causes or issues yeah. that touch close to home for myself, my wife, and my family. And then he went on to say that he wanted to like announce this on his own terms, didn't want like, you know, rumors to get out. But I, there have been some ball players who have said, it's important for me to say, this is happening to me. Yeah. This is happening to my family. You need to be aware of it. You know, it may be happening to you or your family, whether that means go get checked out yep. um, or, you know, find the best treatment for you or throw some money at research or whatever the thing is. Yeah. But, you know, he knows he has a very public position and like Trey Mancini right. did, for instance. Right. Um, John and, Lester, Anthony Rizzo. Like, it's, there, it makes a big difference when they talk yeah. about it, you know? Yeah, it sure does. And so I'm I'm really proud of him for speaking up like that and on yeah. his own terms saying, this is what's happening to me. Um, he It's not clear how long he'll be out. Um, he certainly won't be starting the season, but they're hopeful that if the treatments go well, he will feel well enough that he'll be there. And he wants to be there, but he said, I don't want to be there until I'm 100%, which yeah. seems fair. So best... Best wishes on your treatment, Liam Hendricks. Right, right. I know Australia's very upset about this for many reasons. Um, so former boyfriends, the baseball boyfriend, I didn't give the spiel yet. These are the guys that we pick every week in the offseason because there's something cool about them, and we like to keep checking on guys that we've picked before. We can only pick one guy per team per year with one holdover. Um, and so in, in 21, when he was with the Phillies, actually, I picked Andrew McCutcheon who is now the ripe old age of 36, and he is going back where he belongs, which is where the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I just, I'm a sucker for that hometown hero kind of thing, like the guy who had the majority of his his successful career with one city. And you, when I remember when his kid was born, you mentioned how he was named Steel, and that should mean that he was staying, although that was, I think, the year that he started. That, that was the year that he then got traded. Yeah, but his child is named Steel for yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, so that's so he's got to go back to Pittsburgh to re- raise Steel there. Like, that that just totally makes sense. When he was with the Pirates before, he was, so he was drafted by them, so it's totally, you know, going back to your roots. Drafted in 05, played, started in 09, played there until 2017, and in that time, he was an all-star five times, Silver Slugger four, Golden Glove one, and MVP of the National League in 2013, and he brought the Pirates to the playoffs, which they have not done since he has left. So maybe him coming back is going to be like a new, I don't know, you know, energy, inspiration, all those things for the Pirates. The, the fun thing about him this year, though, is, and, and I'm also a sucker for, you know, milestone kind of things, he's got a bunch of 
a bunch of milestones that could happen this year. It could be like every two weeks we're like, oh, hey, you know, McCutcheon got the either 2,000 hits because he's at 1,948. He's at 287 home runs, so that's going to happen, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's totally doable. Um, 392 doubles for sure. 983 walks. And the only two current players who have hit all those milestones, so the, the round numbers after that, the 2,000 and the 300 and the... 400 and all that stuff are Joey Votto and Miguel Cabrera. I am furiously like tapping on wooden things and just saying, oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, I that'll know. Happen. He, that's, he's going to, that's, he'll stay, he'll stay healthy. Everything will work out really well. Sure. It's only a one-year deal for five million. So it's like, is this his last big, like, what a way to go out, like to do like, yeah. you know, milestone after milestone, milestone, buy, bring, steal the, you know, preschool, whatever. <laughs> it's going to be in grammar school by now. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Kindergarten. Oh, he brought the, they're moving back for school. That must be what the they're doing. The school districts are way right. better there <laughs> in Pittsburgh. I'm sure they are. So, hey, we mentioned Trey Mancini just a moment ago. There's news about him, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I picked him last year. That was 22 for the Orioles. And he... <laughs> And last week, I talked about how I talked to dad, and we really thought he would be a great pick for the Red Sox, but nope, he is going to the Cubs. The Cubs, all of a sudden, like after after a rough year last year, they are looking like a fun team. We're going to talk about them more today, but Trey Mancini is joining that party with the other guy that the Red Sox didn't take back, and actually dad wanted them to have Hosmer. I mean, he, he didn't have a great year with the Sox last year, but... He does have that, they need the, the elder statesman kind of thing, you know, the yeah. experience. And that's what he's going to do over there. And he'll platoon with Mancini at first. And it's just, I don't know, they've got options. They've got, which Red Sox don't. <laughs> yeah. So when you were talking about like the Red Sox hearts breaking because the guys who had moved on last year didn't come back. Kind of how I think the O's were feeling. Oh, yeah. Like maybe Trey yeah. was just a rental for a couple of months and we'll get him back. Yeah. No, we're actually, the O's have so many infielders right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, it's an embarrassment of riches. So, yeah, yeah so there wasn't really, oh, although, you know, DH, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would feel be like nice to have him back. anything, really. Yeah. So, I don't know. But you know what? Hopefully the Cubs will treat him well. Yeah. I, if, I, you know, with, with David Ross as a man, I think he'll be fine. He will. He'll be fine. He's so I've got guys. a couple of old guys on the move. And Love by old, guys. I mean over 30. Um, so Miguel Rojas, who is um, a former Miami boyfriend of mine, was just traded to the Dodgers. He's a shortstop. So they traded him for um, infielder Jacob Amaya. Um, and if you remember, the Dodgers shortstop used to be Trey Turner, who used to be on the Nats. Nats, Dodgers, and now Phillies, making mm. the Phillies even more interesting yeah. to watch because now they have the guy that's got that slide. And Miguel Rojas does not have that classy slide, but hopefully he's kind of – I think he's kind of a placeholder because they got him for – you know, he's he's got $5 million due him for the second year of a $10 million contract, a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. So it could be just like a placeholder until they get that guy, or maybe he'll end up being that guy. I mean, he's got he's got some juice. He might be all right. Yeah. Um, and one of our very favorite players who we talked about as still playing because he wants money coming in that he can then donate to 
his community to to actually a, a great number of communities to do good. Yeah. Um, Nelson Cruz, uh, most recently a national. He is 42 years old. He's going into his 19th season. He had a terrible season this past year, which is why um, the Padres signed him for only one million dollars wow. for one year. So he had a terrible, I guess, worst season, and also he had like eye surgery. So you had a lot, couple of Jeez. things going on, but he's still got that bat, and they want him mm. to like DH against lefties for sure. Um, so um, Manny Machado and, and Juan Soto both lobbied for him, and we talked often. Oh, Soto must have because yeah. them playing together for the Nats was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, we talked about how he sort of mentored Soto yeah. when they were together with the Nationals. It turns out there's there's sort of a feeling out there that the Padres want him to kind of, kind of have that same place for Fernando Tatis Jr. He needs a mentor. He, he, yeah, he, sure. need, he needs he a dad really in the does. dugout. Yes. I mean, you know, he's got a baseball dad, but that, that dad is not in the dugout. No. He needs somebody to kind of show not him. The same dugout. Yeah, he <laughs> needs to show him, like, this This is, you know, you've got the stuff. Right. Let's, here's how you use it. So um, all those guys, not Tatis, but Machado and Soto and Nelson Cruz are all going to be playing on the Dominican World Baseball Classic team together. Um, so, uh, well, Cruz, Cruz is managing. Managing and playing. He's wow, doing both of those so cool. things. So fingers crossed. I really want to see the Dominican Republic team. Oh my God, both that and then Yadier Molina is coaching the the, the Puerto Rican team. Like both, yeah. both we got to see some, one of those. Okay, yeah, right, we're excited. Yeah. So this week on Conversations with Dad, Dad knows that we're going to Miami because Dad told me tonight that he listened to last week's show. So was that the show where you said, "Hey, I don't think my dad listens to the show." Yeah, I, okay. I said that several times. So. Uh-huh. Dad eventually, uh, apparently got back on the computer and started listening <laughs> to the show. So hi, Dad. And hi, Bob. He's very clearly still upset with the Red Sox. I mean, that, that little bump for Devers was a moment. And then it was just like, well, like Miguel Rojas was, they were talking about doing a trade with um, Miami. That didn't happen. Oh, now stories, stories got an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And Trevor's story has a major issue that is going to keep him from playing. And and he was the, the supposed to be the second baseman for the World Baseball Classic American team. Oh. You're, well, United Statesian is a better way to say that. Right. Um, and they, there. I didn't see another MLB second oh, base person listed. So who knows? Maybe some minor leaguer is going to be able to get a shot playing with like Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and Clarence Kershaw. You know, those guys like that. Those guys. But I think Dad is totally 100 percent on, and I am. I am really like. I, I really hope this has happened by the time you hear this show. We want Jose Iglesias back with the Red Sox. And as dad put it, they lost him twice. They let him go twice. And when he came back in 21, I think, the year before last, he was there at the end of the season. He was, his average was like 356. And he was, he's a very underrated player. I mean, he's getting up there. He's had many years. But if you look back on him, and he is a past baseball boyfriend. I picked him when he was on the Angels. He, he's really, really impressive. Great sexy defense. He's got to come back to Boston. He would get along so well with Kike. I mean, the, that infield with, or at least that left side with Kike and, and Devers and Iglesias. Please make it happen. Please. So this Friday at 1 o'clock, this past Friday, was the deadline for either contract agreements to those players who were tendered contracts or the little pieces of paper with numbers on them being pushed across the <laughs> table to each other before arbitration. Um, so this deadline applied, applies to players who are not yet free agents but have more than three years of service time. 
when you hit that more than three years of service time, but you're not yet a free agent, you can negotiate your salary. You're not just going to get the league minimum or whatever you have negotiated previously. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we've talked about there's some guys who get signed and then immediately have a long-term contract. Yeah. That's rare, but it happens. But mostly this is what happens, is you get to your three years of service time and then you can negotiate your contract, you can agree on something, or you can go to arbitration. So um, Juan Soto... Um, his $23 million contract That's was the crazy. largest contract um, from this group of players. There were almost 200 players that settled on Friday. So if you get notifications from your favorite team, you'll have seen those. Mm-hmm. But there are a whole lot of them. MLB has got a tracker for all of them if you want to look at those. Um, I'm going to tell you about a couple that are boyfriends. Um, Pete Alonso and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. both settled. settled. They both signed contracts for $14.5 million. Um, on the not ever going to be a boyfriend list, Josh Hader, I'm only going to mention is his $14.1 million is a record for relief Really? Pitchers, even though I don't think he was all that great this. But once he went to the Padres, he wasn't all that great this past season. What are the Padres fucking thinking? This is like the one thorn in their big rose. Yes. <laughs> Reese Hoskins, $12 million. My guy, Ian Happ with the Cubs. He's 28 years old. Um, he signed for, you know, his his contract this year is for $10.85 million. This was the year that he was an all-star. His first gold glove. It was his best wow. season yet. Um, and it's his last season before he becomes a free agent. So he was clearly moving in the right yeah. direction there. And I just want to mention Shane Bieber because I like Shane Bieber. Um, he His contract this year is $10.01 million dollars yeah i know i I did the same face that you're doing right now the zero one okay well i'll be a believer so be be a believer um there are 33 players who are going to arbitration that's sad and here's what what happens there there's a three-person arbitration panel and they get those two pieces of paper the one supplied by the player or the player's agent and the one supplied by the team and say uh, let's give them this one. There's yeah. no negotiation between them. They either award what the team has offered or they award what the player has asked for, and that's it. Done deal. They don't say, eh, let's split it halfway. They don't They don't ever do that. That's that's all it is. So um, a couple of the people that um, – a couple of my boyfriends who are going that way are Bo Bichette and Kyle Tucker, both, Ooh. right? And then Max Fried, the, the pitcher for Atlanta, this is his second time – in arbitration, last year he won his. He got six point eight five million dollars. They, um, the team was pretty close to that. It was it was over six million, but it wasn't you know wasn't quite that high. And he won that one. But then this past season, he was second in the Cy Young voting. He and he was an All Star. He had a, an amazing season. So he's asking for fifteen million. Atlanta had offered him a thirteen point five. So there's a little bit more of a gap there. It wasn't one of those eh, close yeah. enough. Just give him what he wants. So I'm I'm interested especially to see how that one turns out. So arbitration will be happening um, in the next couple of weeks and we will have more to report. I would love somebody to do a research project on what happens in the long-range career plans for players who go to arbitration like that and are told like you're not worth what you think you're worth. Like what happens to them in the long run and like what percentage actually stay with that team for any significant period of time. Do you think somebody will like give me money for this research That would be like and actually you raise a really good point because what happens is then both sides then come in in front of the panel and plead their cases and the team has to come in and say you're not worth this yeah. and what is which is a horrible thing right it's a horrible thing it's like well we want to keep you but you're not as good as you think yeah. you are and then oh please go out and perform to your highest right. level and win us a championship right so I yeah. sh- somebody should be going to going to school and doing a yeah PhD yeah they should or something 
All right, in the meantime, we are going to talk about baseball boyfriends for this week. So like I said before, we're picking uh, two guys per week, one AL and one NL, and they're cool. And we are up to the Twins and the Cubs this week. So we're in right in the Midwest hanging out there. And with the Twins, so there, there are a couple this past season of like just things that happened in, in my brain. I kind of bookmarked them. And Jose Miranda I bookmarked because on my non-baseball Twitter, which I don't check very often, but I follow Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I remember him <laughs> tweeting, hey, felicidades, primo. You've made it to the big league. So he is his cousin ah, and a big uh-huh. league player. So that Miranda, yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda's cousin, that I did get sick of, like, looking at all his debut articles because he's just a rookie this hey, past year. can we year. pause for a second mm-hmm. and say for the four of you who don't yes. know who <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda is, Hamilton, look it up, and then you'll be caught up. Well, Encanto, Encanto is, is oh, sure. pretty big now. That's true. But Hamilton is the one that actually we're focusing on right here because um, almost every article talked about him not giving away his shot, not throwing away his oh shot. Oh, my God. I was like, all right, like, you're not unique anymore. Everybody else has said that as well. Um, the, the funny thing is, though, as, at the, as of the end of last season, so he debuted last May. Uh, cousin Lynn tweeted about it. Uh, there, there were interviews with Jose and May being like, yeah, that's my cousin. I don't exactly know what he does. I haven't seen Hamilton. <laughs> and, and also, Lynn had not seen him play. So there was um, a series with the Twins, with the Yankees in September, and that was going to be, like, the big plan. And apparently, there wasn't time. I guess, I don't know if that's a good thing to do on your night between games at Yankee Stadium. But he did not go to see Hamilton. So by the end of September, he still hadn't seen it. I don't know if he's done it. Like, that would have been the thing to do this winter. Really, I really hope Jose Miranda is in New York City watching Hamilton. But also, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda got tickets to see his cousin play for the first time at Yankee Stadium, but it was a rain out, and he was booked for the rest of the series, so they still have not wow. seen each other's Who do you think work. got to use those tickets? The understudy? <laughs> be really good. That would be really good. Uh, so Jose Miranda is clearly Puerto Rican, and he is going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic. So we might see him in Miami, and that'll be fun because I'll just yell, hey, Jose, you're my boyfriend. You don't know it. but God, it, that is so freaking creepy the way you said that. I know, it's, oh, my God. Well, Mr. Right, Mouth is going to be so embarrassed oh, by both I of us. Know. I mean, mostly you, but both of us, be, really. Right, right, yeah. right. I wonder how much beer is going to cost at the World Baseball Classic. But... um. <laughs> He's so Carlos Correa, aforementioned, going back to the twins, Jose Miranda clearly very excited about that. He was in that group chat. And both he and Carlos Correa have signed up for the the Puerto Rican team for the World Baseball Classic. And I'm thinking they're also teammates with Christian Vasquez. I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything about him, but that would be that's a pretty big chunk of Boricuas on the um, on the Twins, and that would be very cool to have them play together somewhere else. So, uh, when he was a kid, he was very good at baseball. He played on. Um, now I don't understand whenever I see this phrase, the Puerto Rican national team. How does that? Oh, I, it's, it's people who don't understand how things work. I'm so confused. What is, I mean, the Puerto Rican team makes yeah. sense. The Puerto Rican national team does not make not, sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's he, when he was on the the kids teams, 14 under and 16 under, he was on gold medal teams for world championships, and then in 2015 he was on the national youth league 
national, I said it again, this Puerto Rican youth league team. So for those of you who are confused, Puerto Rico is not in fact a country, it is a colony of the United States and that's a whole another chapter of, um, of podcast that we'll get to someday. But he, uh, of the Puerto Rican youth team- We get there a lot, frankly. He was, yeah, this happens, politics, baseball. Geography. He was the batting championship, cha- champion, champion person, not thing, with a 664 average. Nuh-uh. You, that's, that's impossible. Crazy. So very soon after that, that was 2015, he was drafted the next year by the Twins in 2016, spent a few years in the minors, missed 2020 because that's what happened to those guys in those times. But in that time where he wasn't playing in 2020, he spent both those winners playing in the Liga de Baseball Profesional de Roberto Clemente, which is the Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican, I was going to say it again, the league, just the, the winter league. league, the winter league. He played for Creos de Caguas um, and he was drafted by them at the same time as the twins. But I, I could only see him evidence of him having played in the 1920, 21, 22. No, that's not right. 2021. I can't read 2021. And that year they were the champions. They won. And they went to the Serie del Caribe, and he was playing on the same team in the Serie del Caribe with Yadier Molina, Vimael Machin, who was my A's pick from last year. I think it was last year. I'm pretty sure it was last year. He didn't make it up, but I picked him anyway. And Jaron Duran, who I also picked before he made it up from, from the Red Sox. Um, and they came in second, which is not first, not winning, not champion of the Serie del Caribe. They lost to the Aguilas Sabaeñas who also had a bunch of my boyfriends on it, Johan Camargo, Robinson Cano, and Jonathan Villar, who is my boyfriend from 2019 in the, in the Orioles. Um, he made it to AAA on his birthday, which is a sweet thing to do, June 29th, 2021. And for his birthday, he hit three home runs. On his on, birthday? On his birthday, on his first his first game in AAA. Oh, that's spectacular. First game coming up for AAA. He went five for six with six RBI. Then he was brought up May 2nd in um, 2022 against the Orioles. That July, he was Rookie of the Month because he had 24 hits, 5 homers, 19 RBI in 20 games with a slash line of 353, 405, 603. If you want to see sexy defense, look up the triple play that he started when my Rangers boyfriend, who I just talked about a couple weeks ago, Nathaniel Lau, low, I fucked it up again. <laughs> Nathaniel Low lied to him when he was on. At first least you're place. consistent. I appreciate oh that God. about you. He had a strong 2022, 268 average, 751 OPS, and the, the spirit is what I really like. You know, I like the. I, I'm going to call it like the Kike factor, the Enrique Hernandez factor of just having fun. He admires Fernando Tatis, um, Javier Baez, and Smiley Lindor because of their. He has the same kind of just happy, have fun with the game energy plus the exit velocity as well. So I'm excited about Jose Miranda. He's not throwing away his shot. Shot. Speaking of shots, we just opened our second drink, <laughs> also from 10th Ward, also a cocktail in a can for our convenience. Mm. We're drinking the Queen Bee's Knees, which is made Oof. with gin, lavender, honey, lemon, and ginger. So you'd think it was medicinal, and it does, in fact, cure everything that ails you. It is a very delicious yes. thing. This is so good. It's so good. Hey, my twin's boyfriend, 
I had a pick for family reasons. <laughs> I picked Nick Gordon, the 27-year-old left fielder. He is the son of three-times all-star right-handed pitcher Tom Flash Gordon and the half-brother of my former boyfriend, D. Strange Gordon. So how could I not? How could I not? We have talked before about how many current MLB players have the advantage of being the child of a former MLB player and all of the things that come along with that. Your experience hanging out in major league clubhouses, the fact that you have a parent who plays at the highest level and can teach you things, the fact that you have money so you can be on travel teams. All of these things were true for Nick Gordon. Um, so there, there were stories about that his dad would tell about like whatever team he was on, he was on the Phillies for a long time, that he that that Nick would come out onto the field and grab a whole bag of like shag balls and and hit them as hard as he could into the outfield. So he get this batting practice, you know, just the major league field was just dad's office. That's crazy. like he's going to work with dad. But um, but Tom said the only problem is that when he was through hitting them all, he'd run off and I'd have to go get them all. <laughs> Because they didn't necessarily have somebody out there shagging uh, the shag balls in the episode. So I think that's actually pretty funny. And also that his dad would do that for yeah. him, right? But he talked about um, when he was, like years ago, when he was coming out of high school and was out for the draft, Nick talked about having, you know, by then um, D had, was in the majors. And, you know, obviously his dad had this history. And he, he, and he would always be interviewed about the fact that he had right. these relationships. And he said, I go off my dad a lot. He's been there the old school way. <laughs> so he tells me how it was the old school way. And my brother, he's here with the new school. And he's showing me how it is that way. So I get it from the best of both worlds. And both of them played both of my positions because he was a two-way player. Oh. He pitched and was also an infielder. Interesting. He was shortstop for a while. Um, he was uh, second base. Um, he went to high school in Orlando. And in 2013, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Florida. He hit 505. And also, while pitching that same season, his record was 5-1. and one. So he had this whole two-way thing going for him. He um, didn't the, – the pitching was not the thing that got him drafted, as it turns out. He was drafted in the first round in 2014 by Minnesota. He was the fifth pick overall, and he debuted as a second baseman. So it was the infield wow. thing that was the piece that stuck, but kind of in his back pocket was the fact that he could also pitch. So I guess, you know, if position players are, you know, needed to pitch. So he debuted on um, on May 6th of 2021 versus the Rangers. And that game um, was his first stolen base. And his first major league hit was off of Jordan Lyles that same game. Um, but the the thing that I found kind of fun about him was that in the offseason, he produces hip hop music. Wow. Right? I mean, I'm what sure he's fun. also going to the gym and doing, mm. like, you know, baseball things. But his alias, he's got two, um, G Cinco and Flash G. Really? And the fun thing about that is uh, Miguel Sano walked up to one of his songs. Wow. His song, Goat, is what he uses his walk-up with the twins. And then while was half-brother D was with the Mariners, he used a different one of his songs as a walk-up. And more of the Mariners heard the music. And so a handful of them actually walked up <laughs> to D's little brother's hip-hop music, which is kind of fun. So he's been interviewed, like, well, are you ever going to walk up to one yeah. of your own songs? He's like, no, I feel like I can't be that guy. <laughs> uh, give it time. Give but it time. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But um, I really like – one of the things that he said was, you know, they look up to you and expect you to live up to the name. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. I love the pressure. Oof. I love going out there, people looking up to me and saying, that's a Gordon, so he should be good. And I like to go out there and prove them right.
Man, you know, that's that's the the difference that gets made because like that kind of pressure could crack somebody, yeah. you know? Like but that's it's just how do you capture that attitude and say, you know, I'm just going to go with it and have fun with it. Well, I almost wonder if that's one of the things that could be, uh, you know, one of the benefits of being in those major league clubhouses right. as a kid is you know what that atmosphere is. That's not new to you. So as you're adjusting to being a major leaguer, the clubhouse environment is not one of the things you have to learn where it is for everybody else coming up. But he's been there. He was, you know, since he was a small kid, he was growing up in those clubhouses. So he had that one less thing Mm -hmm. to have to adjust to. He also must have been good clubhouses, like good energy. Yeah. Good people in there. Right? Yes. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Talking about good energy. I think that's like my theme for this week. Plus, I needed a third baseman and I thought I had two because my Cubs guy for fan graphs, which is where I I like to look first because it has more of the stats. Um, The fan graphs has this guy at third, but MLB has him in center field. This would be Christopher Morell. And so I'm hoping that that gives me a little versatility with my fantasy uh, team that we play in our league at the end of the off-season, which would be the beginning of the season. So contact Betty for details on that. <laughs> wow, you brought that around oh, pretty boy. solidly. That was nice how you saved that one. Morel. How's <laughs> um, that Queen's Bees sip- for I you? I have another sip Yeah, it's bees. medicinal. Maybe it'll cure whatever's ailing you right now. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Morel's only 23 years old, and he definitely is versatile. So with the Cubs last year and his, his short amount of time that he was up last year, he had some time at in center field, third base, second base, and short. And then in, in the minors, he also played right field. So I'm hoping that that gives me that that little bit of, you know, flexibility that I might need with my fantasy league. The the cool fantasy team. I did it again, damn it. Yeah, damn um, it. It's my league. It is your league. I am so sorry. <laughs> with the stupid, stupid league. rules. That's all me. It's all you. <laughs> you can have the league. I just have my little posse. Uh, <laughs> Your posse's adorable. They're going to be so cute this year because this guy, he is adorable. (laughs) He has has good It's a drinking game. Please drink when when, when you hear adorable. Clearly, I need that. But he also has infectious energy. He is just super happy guy. And actually, we were looking at videos right before you came. I was forcing Mr. Potty Mouth to look through this. And he's like, he is, he's challenging Lindor for like the big smile situation. He is just a happy guy. And um, I I don't even remember who I'm quoting here, but somebody very important clearly said that (laughs) he was about the most personable guy in baseball because when he goes up to bat, he's just like greeting everybody on his way. He taps the, the ump on the shoulder. He taps the catcher. He makes a sign to the pitcher. He waves to the visiting dugout. He's like, hi, everybody. Here I am. And it's oh, I, I love him already. And in a very sweet way. So his dad was actually a professional basketball player in huh. Puerto Rico. And his personality, they say, comes from his mom. And he is an extrovert. So at the ripe old <laughs> age... see that coming. Yes, <laughs> at the ripe old age of 15, he was brought into the capital to do a workout with international scouts around. And the Cubs international scout was there, blown away because this kid, and he said he was like a deer. Like he was, you know, that lanky 128 pounds worth of 15-year-old comes up to him and introduces himself. Oh, Like, dang. hello, I'm Christopher Morrell. And like, that's I don't just, know any 15-year-olds that would do that. Oh my God, mine that. Would, when mine was 15, no way. And and the the scout was watching him and this kid's just having a blast. And he, he went over to him and said, just kind of like, what's with the always happy? And he said, I'm always smiling when I'm playing baseball, basically just because I'm having fun. So the Cubs liked that. They signed him the next year, 2015, when he was 16 years old. And here's where there's a little bit of derailment. Um, So 
you know, this is kid, as I said, like lanky, lanky deer-like child. He was traveling around the Dominican Republic for the first time in Santo Domingo with the with the Cubs, and the bus had stopped somewhere for refreshments. This is a totally freak accident. He goes in to grab some food, and he's looking out the plate glass window door, door window, door, that's all glass, that's it, door, <laughs> glass door, and he sees the bus leaving. Oh, no. So he runs at the door to push it open, and it didn't open, and he went through the glass, <gasps> and he got cut up all over his arms, his eye, there was concerns about his vision, and the doctor oh God, literally said to him, you are not going to play baseball anymore. <gasps> And he, in, in his stubbornness, he put on his glove, he threw the ball in the air, and it hit him in the face. And at that point, it was like, which way are you going to go? You know, that was, he was clearly distraught at that moment. He missed the entire 2016, but the Cubs rehabbed him in Arizona in 2017. He remembers the, the typical, like, Dominican player thing where he was eating the same thing every day because that's all he knew how to ask for yep. at In-N-Out Burger. He did that for a while in 2017. And he made it back. I mean, he spent a while in the minors, clearly. He played with the Aguilas Sebaeñas in, uh, in Lidam, the Dominican League, when the Cubs would let him. It was just uh, 16 games, but did really strong there. And so 2022 started in double A. So he'd been in the minors for a little while. But your former boyfriend, Jason Hayward, Jay Hay, got injured. And so he ended up being brought up from double A, which was kind of a shocking thing. That's a big and, jump. Yeah. And so he's, he's hanging out, you know, waiting to come into the game. He wasn't in the starting lineup. Thought maybe he'd be pinch hitting. Wilson Contreras is like shooting the shit with them. They're good. And this is my former, one of my former Cubs boyfriends who's now with the Cardinals. And that's just blowing my mind. But they, they are good, good buddies. Hanging out in the dugout. And in the seventh inning, Contreras is like, what do you think is going to happen if you get in the game? And he said, I'm going to homer. Next inning, first at bat in his, and you know how this is going to end, but the, the buildup is pretty cool. The first at bat in his major league career, he gets two strikes. He's up there, two strikes, works it to a full count, and then homers. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, And he was the first Cub to homer on his first at bat since... Wilson Contreras in 2016. Oh, the poetry. At, isn't that beautiful? And then after that, he had a 20, he, he, he got on base for the next 22 games. He had a 22-game on-base streak for his first 22 games in the major leagues, which was a Cubs rookie franchise record. And out of his first 10 games, he had 11 hits, six walks, two home runs, and three stolen bases. He, he lasted 113 games with the Cubs last year. You know, got, had some rocky times, 235 average, 741 OPS. So Fangraph said he was going to be on third base, which I was really excited about. And then I saw this article that basically broke down his defense, and third base was by far his worst. Like oh, no. He was like one of the worst third base defensive averages. So I don't know if this is going to be my third baseman. I do know he's going to miss his dear friend, Wilson Contreras, because they just it, it, just seeing Wilson Contreras is actually, if you look at that that first home run, he, he explodes. He, like, jumps out of the dugout for him, jumps all over. He was the guy who gave him a Gatorade bath and all that stuff. So now that he's not there, but he said about Morrell that his attitude was right on point. And that international scout who, who saw him so many years ago 
was talking about how Morel and Contreras were, were so much alike in that like spirit, that oh, wow. love of the game. And he said they have the you know the same kind of drive. They're both outgoing. But if you're in the trenches of war, you're going to want Contreras. For your daughter to marry, you want uh, Morel. But they're both, <laughs> they're both fan faves. And David Ross has a nickname for him. He calls him Simo, which is kind of cute. And he said that even when things aren't going so well, he still has the same attitude. So he had that little bit of rockiness last year, but he's still smiling and high-fiving and, like, tapping the ump through it all. So I'm excited to see Christopher Morrell this year. Woo. Sounds like a very good pick. I love okay. that. Um, I've locked down my right field for my starting lineup because okay. I'm picking Seiya Suzuki, 28-year-old right pick. fielder. How could I not? Um, if you were paying attention at all last season, you know that Seiya Suzuki came from the uh, the Japanese league, the NPB, um, the Nippon Professional Baseball League. He spent nine seasons with the Hiroshima wow. Carp. Yeah, it's a long time, yeah. right? Um, five of those seasons, he was an all-star for the league. Um, there, his team was in the Central League. He was a five-time Central League Gold Glove Award winner. And, you know, I love the sexy defense. And he was a six-time Best Nine Award recipient. He had the batting title in the Central League both in 2019 and 2021. So he's got the bat. He's got the glove. I'm excited about this. Yeah. He played on the Olympic team for Japan in 2020. That was the gold medal winning team. Yeah. And his only home run was against the United States. So <laughs> there's So he can that. hit our pitchers is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So um, his debut, I mean, he opened. He was on opening day in 2022. And that's kind of rare that you make your debut on opening day. But, of course, he did that because the Cubs had spent $85 <laughs> million dollars signing him to a five-year contract. The interesting thing there was the – the, like the signing window from when um, the Japanese team posted him, that was like early fall of 2021, and that got closed for COVID reasons oh. for a while and got postponed, which is why he wasn't actually signed until March. Huh. So it, got, it, it took longer than you would have expected to get him signed. So his season, this past season, which was you know his first season in the major leagues, was bumpy. He started out big, then a big dip in the middle, yeah. and then came back strong. So he ended up with a 2.0 um, wins above replacement, um, 14 home runs, and 46 RBI. He was hitting, this is how well he started, he hit 429 with four home runs and 11 RBI in his first 10 games. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, broke his thumb Ew. in late May and was out all of June. Uh. And then sort of like the, the after the rehab, his slump was, I mean, he had two home runs in his first two games back, but then, meh. but one of those makes me happy because I'm going to say Josh Hader for Ooh. a second time because it was an inside the park home run off of Josh Oh, that is Hader. Poetic. And I love to see Hader fail. Yeah. I'm sorry. Usually I'm not mean, but pff, yeah, I don't care. Um, he went back to Japan um, in September briefly for the birth of his first child. I'm trying to learn more about why his family is back in Japan and mm. what the plans are. Couldn't find anything. I couldn't even find anything about like the name of the baby. But he was back for the birth of this first child. And we've mentioned dad power before, that when a player comes <laughs> back after paternity leave, they seem to – it's like – a hamate superpower. It's yeah. dad power. So he tripled in his first game back <laughs> from paternity leave. He also, and this is one of the things that attracts, you know, we here at you No know, Crying in Baseball, is he came back with his QHAR upped quite a bit. His um, his most of his hair was dyed blonde. 
Huh. Uh, which was new because, you know, he had dark hair. And when asked about it, he said, eh, the baby keeps on crying all night. It's the stress, which is funny, <laughs> right? And actually, the clubhouse guys say, you know, he's really easygoing and he's really funny and he's a hard worker, which are things that have won him over because there's a language barrier, there's a culture barrier, mm-hmm. all those things. But the fact that his personality is so chill and welcoming and funny he's you know he's kind of like worked his way in it's made it much easier to make that transition to be part of a major league ball team instead of what you know the home team in japan um he will be playing in the outfield for the japanese team in the world baseball classic and it's very important to note that both of us picked him for rookie of the year last season and we were wrong yeah well, maybe he'll have a good year this year so he can be an almost rookie of the year. I'm hoping. I'm Just hoping. Just past rookie of the year. Next year? Words. Next year, our boyfriends are going to be from Boston. Next year? Next week. Next year for sure. But wow, my but boyfriends are I'm really glad that you're able to correct me sometimes because that just feels like more parody, mm. and I feel good about that. Next week, um, Boston oh. and Arizona. And I just want to point out that we haven't yet gotten to the Orioles, yeah. but we're doing Boston yeah. next week. Just you know, needed to say that out loud. That was kind of part B of conversations with Dad. He's We're concerned about this season, to say the least, and where. And I asked him if he remembered the last time that the Red Sox had come in last place in the division two years in a row. And he said he thinks it was in the 60s. Yeah. So that would be bad. That would be bad. Yeah. So we have plenty of distractions. So we might see we might see Suzuki in the in the um, baseball world baseball classic. We might. We'll see. I mean, playing with Otani like that could oh be God. one of the quarterfinals. We're oh, kind of out so of control. Excited. Excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. So we're also going to see people from um, many of our Latin American leagues, including Lidam, Dominican Republic. Right now, it's just started the finals full of NCIB baseball boyfriends. It's the Estrellas Orientales, which is the team managed by Fernando Tati Sr., and the Tigres de Lice. Uh, as of the time of the recording, they're tied up, I think, 1-1. Yeah, 1-1. Jorge Alfaro. Oh, my God. The Q-Hart. The quality hair above a replacement on this dude. I had picked him in, in 2019 when he was the with the Phillies. He was most recently with uh, San Diego. And he reminds me of... I, I can't remember the, the Aquaman dude, Jason something. Man- oh, Manoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's get like he's, he's got Game of the Thrones guy to build. Me. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, well, that's clueless on me. Yeah. But but there's some. some I mean, no, no, let's put him side by side and see see what we think. His hair is his flow is definitely going. It goes really well when he hits a two run home run in the series opener. But we have boyfriends. Actually, these are all my guys. I think because um, Alfaro is mine. On uh, so he's playing for Tigres de Lice. On the Estrellas Orientales, uh, Jamer Candelario, new Washington National, That's very right. excited, opened the game actually with a two-run home run in the first inning, and then Robinson Cano, uh, his RBI made the difference for Estrellas Orientales to take game one. However, Alfaro and the rest of the Tigres came back and won game two, and we will see what happens. So that's. The, that's the potty mouth baseball boyfriend count, and there is one patty baseball boyfriend on Estrellas Orientales, which would be Christian Pache. And so I guess we're Estrellas because we've got three boyfriends there as opposed okay. to one on the Tigres, but boy, does he have the flow. I don't know how So the that flow, flow might actually make up for it, the numbers? Yeah, I don't know. It's I a mean, tough one. we're pretty fond of the flow. We are fond of the flow. Uh, the, the Venezuelan League, I've got to click over because I was kind of floored to see in the Top five, holy shit, it is true. The top five in the batting average, number five of the whole league in the playoffs right now, 
is Robinson Chirinos. He's clutch, so, man. So, it's, but this is like beyond clutch because with the O's last year, I think I wrote this down. Yeah, so he had some clutch moments, but overall in 22 with the O's, his batting average was 179. He's got a 226 career average. Right now in the Venezuelan playoffs, they're in the round robin round, the round Robin, round, Robin, round, but still that part of the playoffs. They haven't gotten to the finals yet. I don't know they're, how to help you. They're doing the round, Robin, until the 22nd of this month. But at this point, Chirinos is fifth with a 385 average. That is crazy. So he's doing all right in Venezuela. We'll see. I mean, he's a free agent right now, right? I'm pretty sure he's not oh, yeah. like signed. Yeah, no, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So maybe the O's can get him back. In um, Puerto Rico, then nobody, oh, poor dude. Maybe, we're, we're, maybe we're, the Red Sox can take full. him. I mean, you're, you're okay with catchers. Red Sox could use him. Yeah, Actually, I mean, like, Red Sox, please pick up Robinson Torinos. I have two things to ask of you right now. His his role with the um, with the O's was holding um, Adley's yeah. spot until he got called up and Keep then mentoring him for a little bit. And I think his work is done. Yes. He did it very well. He did and it, yeah. I, I do appreciate him and I like him very much. O's don't actually need him right now <laughs> so red sox do okay red sox need a need a wise catcher get robinson trinos please in puerto rico though our friend mako oliveras so for those of you who haven't been listening to every single episode we interviewed mako way way back um because of his experience in the majors as as managing minor leagues and coming really close to being the first puerto rican manager in the majors but he's spent a lot of time managing in puerto rico and they just brought him into the mayagüez team sort of toward the end of the season when they weren't doing well and they were afraid they weren't going to make the playoffs. Not only did they make the playoffs, but they made it to the finals. And um, they're, they're the first team to qualify for the finals. So whoever wins game seven between the Gigantes or the Cangrejeros is going to play against Mayagüez and Mako for the finals this week coming up. And women playing in Puerto Rico, we have been talking about the Lobos de Arecibo, who had a streak of winning streak that went till last season and it was just broken. Oh, and wow. so they are still up. Um, I think it's two games to one in the series against the Artesanas de las Piedras, but the Artesanas won a game. So I think wow. they only, have only played three games so far. The second game today was rain delayed. So I don't know. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff in Puerto Rico, and also just a, a little bit of a um, a little bit of a hat tip to Diamilete Quiles, who we talked about a couple years ago. We've been doing this for so long when she was the first woman to play in Double A in Puerto Rico um, with the Montañeses de Utuado, and she actually plays for the the Lobas, that team has, that had that's had the huge streak. So she played with Montañeses for a season took some time off from the Lobas because she's with them for 13 years, but now she's going to be the first woman to coach the men's team. So she's going oh, back to the Montañeses as a coach. So cheers to Diamilete. That is very cool. Um, we are recording on Sunday, January 15th, which is International Signing Day. I'll it's drink to that. Technically, <laughs> yes, you will. It's technically the first day of the International Signing Period, which actually goes for 11 months. I mean, they only wow. take like, you know, the middle of December to the middle of January off but most deals are already negotiated and complete mm -hmm. and they just get announced on the first day which is why you may have gotten a million notifications about your favorite team yeah. and who they signed on international signing day which also leads to rumors of corruption we've talked before about um the the um the players 
a union talking about wanting an international draft. Yeah. Um, and how actually when the league has talked about it, the players union talked about it, and there are pros and cons from both parties. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a huge opportunity for international players. Is one is like the we don't need the draft, we're just gonna decide anything. The con is there is a lot of especially the the Dominican scouts mm-hmm. talk about corruption all yeah. the time because these kids are kids. Yeah. They are very young and so there's a lot of opportunity to get in early and influence things before you're technically allowed to be talking to the players money changing hands because it's like international stuff it's it's very complicated right so there pros and cons of both sides there's not yet an international draft so we're still at the old way of doing things which is international signing day so to be eligible to be signed on this international signing you know period you have to, as a player, you have to register with Major League Baseball. And there is um, there is a very specific age range, which is you must be 16 before you sign hmm. and 17 before September 1st of the following year. So this is a window, um, so which is young. why a lot of the signings are today, but not all of them will be today. Some of them will wait until the 16th birthday of some of these kids because they're already on the radar Jeez. as 14 and 15-year-olds, so they just can't be signed until they're 16. Um, they also... Interesting enough, they can't have played high school in a, in a Major League Baseball draft eligible country within the past calendar year. So the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico, <laughs> right? So right. the United States, the colony of Puerto Rico, and Canada, pl- players that go to high school there and any of those places are eligible for the regular Major League Baseball right. draft. So it's it's anybody. So if you if you've gone to high school there for a year, you are potentially a draftee. If you haven't, then you can be in this other pool, this international pool. And so we have told stories before about players from the Dominican Republic moving to Florida with their families and going to high school in Florida. That's to be part of the regular draft as opposed to this international draft. So every team has a pool of international draft money. There's like, there's a minimum that every team gets. And that number gets influenced by a lot of things. If that team has gotten a competitive draft pick the previous year, that changes how much is in their pool. If they have signed players who've rejected qualifying offers, that penalizes the pool that they have. If they have surpassed the luxury tax, mm-hmm. the, part of that penalty is, part, is this international pool. So that pool of money says, this is how much you can spend on, on, on your signing of international players. Okay. Interestingly, if the signing is small enough, I think if it's under $300,000, it doesn't count. There's, huh. there's, there's a floor under like which it doesn't nothing. count. So you could get 10 players huh. for $300,000 each. And it's like you haven't spent that money towards the pool amount. So you can see why there's so much room for just things that are a little creepy. Yep. Um, interesting fun fact. So Major League Baseball has a list of the 50, 50 top international prospects. Um, 31 of them are from the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. out That's of a lot. 50. 12 from Venezuela, 3 from Cuba, 2 from the Bahamas. The Bahamas are picking up. Look at that. One from Mexico, one from Korea. Hey, one from Mexico. That's so, fascinating. So these, yeah, so it, yeah, so these are just the, the players that have been rated by Major League yeah. Baseball as the top 50. There are many more players that are involved in the draft, and not all of those um, at the time of recording have actually been signed by somebody. I don't know if it's their ages or what, but there have been one or two signings that are in the – the in the millions, like you know, over five, like yeah. like almost a full a pool, an international pool of money, and then there are many more that are, are much smaller than that. Um, a fun fact, just near and dear to our heart, um, Juan Soto's baby brother, Elian, Elian is um, had been signed to the Nationals, 
And he looks like a baby. He looks so little. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's happening. Oh, well, that's very cool. I know that Padres paid big bucks to a Venezuelan kid. It's just. Yep. That was, that was the know. most. That was yeah. the highest. Yeah. It's, they're so little, though. I don't know. There's just something about that. that but also, it... on the other hand, it's life-changing yeah. money for oh, that totally. kid's family. So I, I get both sides yeah. deeply. It's like, this is changing this family's yeah. ability to live and live well. Yeah. Also, how weird is this? Right. And have could it have been more money? Did, were things illegal? Yeah. Was something underhanded? Um, one of the reasons that the, the Dominican number may be so big is other countries sometimes filter kids through the yeah. Dominican Republic, like Cuba. Like that Dominican might be a step right. between coming to the United States for people who are defecting, right. for instance. But yeah, there you have it. Whew. All right, speaking of near and dear to our hearts, actually, just a shout out, congratulations to Paloma Benach, who is making varsity at Occidental College as a freshman. So this is the increase, thanks to baseball for all, really, the increase in girls playing, young women playing baseball in college. She uh, was one of the founding members, I think, of, of DC Girls Baseball, and also a captain of her local high school team, Wilson, Wilson High School, here in DC. So congrats to Paloma, just an amazing person. Also, big congrats on our police blotter to Trevor Bauer, who became a, a free agent on Friday the 13th, and thus far, crickets, which is exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, who would who's gonna dare? I don't, I don't know. know. I still think it's gonna be somebody just briefly, and then it's gonna be like a hellish repercussion. And then we're gonna be okay again. But um, yeah, I'm much happier about the Paloma news. Yeah, because that's awesome. She's yeah. terrific. Um, hey, so we have we have a day off tomorrow to do kind things to other people. You won't hear this until Tuesday. So um, in retrospect, we hope yes. you have been kind to other people. Do you have anything else going on? This oh, week, that's notable. It, nothing, nothing. Notable. We should talk I, about. It's just ugly work stuff. Yeah, that's, that's not so fun. But you know, I I'm not going to tell everybody my computer password, but it has to do with our Miami plans to just ah. make me a little bit happier every day. Yeah, that's going to be a good trip. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Um, if you, um, dear listeners, have ideas for Boston and Arizona boyfriends for us, we would love your recommendations for people who may have yeah. flown under our radar, but that we should um, talk about and let people know about please let us know on social media you can still find us on twitter at ncib podcast facebook and instagram is no crying in b-ball and we do have a patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash no i think it's no crying in b-ball i really should get these patreon things we maybe would do better if i knew exactly how to find us on patreon but please find us because we it's are closer notes. than ever yeah check patty's notes <laughs> we are closer than ever to the to to breaking even i'm very excited about this we're so close and we appreciate all of you who yes. have contributed to help us pay for this podcast it is a labor of love and i'm we're very happy to also not be losing money on it yeah. <laughs> there's that right. there's much. that not don't much. worry you're really not supporting our trip to to miami yeah. we're gonna go ahead and foot that bill ourselves oh my gosh but you could buy us a drink in miami if you're gonna be in miami come buy us a drink yeah really so um yeah we'd love to meet you um if you are going to be there that weekend which is the weekend of march 17th um please find us on all those social media places that potty mouth mentioned so we can do a little bit of a meet up because that would be super fun um if you have friends or family that you think might like to hear us talk about baseball please let them know about the podcast if you can leave us a rating or review we appreciate that so 
um, if you're going to meet us in Miami or you're doing anything else with people, make sure you're up to date on your vaccinations, please. You're going to um, fight the man because it's the right thing to do. You're going to send your game balls to Meredith because it's almost spring training and there will be game balls available again. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. I mean, like every time you say, hang on a second, it just makes me Sorry. take another sip of booze. Oh, that's I'm just saying. So just, I just at your own risk. That's all.